Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Today, you'll hear from one of the people behind a new upcoming docu-series for critical thinkers called Follow the Science. It'll take a most rational look at all of the irrational things that happened surrounding COVID over the past three years. Eyeshadow has come a long way since you swiped on one color at a time or practically had to take a masterclass in cosmetics to get the shading right. Hi, I'm Star, owner of the Lemonade Mermaid, and I've designed an exclusive shade-shifting multi-chrome pigment for eyes that's like no other you'll ever see. Just swipe it on your eyelids and the magic happens. Depending on the angle and light, it shifts between hues of gold and pink, or green and pink, and even purple and gold. The shading is done for you. Just $25 for a jar that will last you months. My website is store.lemonademermaid.life. And listeners of this podcast can get 20% off these incredible pigments by using the checkout code PODCAST. I hope to see you at store.lemonademermaid.life today. creative director of Smock Media, my company, and I am the uh, director of the series, Follow the Science series. Would you give me just a paragraph or two on who you are, where your experience comes from going into this project? Sure. Yeah. Um, So again, I mean, I go professionally by the name Hawk Jensen. It's my middle name. And I've been a filmmaker my entire life, actually. I um, um, with a brief exception, I was a photojournalist very briefly at the beginning. In 1998, I actually covered the Good Friday Accords and uh, spent a little time there. But I, I was per that photography and an interest in the world that I ended up in Los Angeles and, and, and got a job as a location scout. And I've actually never barely had a, a, a real job. I've basically been a 1099 contract uh, freelance creative my entire career and made my way through the Hollywood system. And I've had hundreds of gigs and got taught in the mainstream side of things. Um, was actually on the union track as a location scout initially, but then segued into commercial directing, uh, had a mentor and worked in commercials for a bunch of years. Um, discovered that writing was really where the was in Hollywood. So I got actually got into the television writing of things and worked for some uh, top-notch folks there. Um, sold some original scripts to uh, places like Warner Brothers and and Disney and whatnot, and was very much in the game until 2007 or eight when the writers' strike, the Writers Guild strike, happened at the time, and it hugely affected, impacted the writers, your the ability for young writers, uh, baby writers as they're called, to to make their way. Uh, there was a great contraction, so I I decided I wanted out of that. I also discovered that. I tended to write uh, balanced political stuff. I wanted to kind of bring in a lot of the aspects of of politics that I thought were were overly stereotypical at the time, and and I didn't quite realize it, but they would I, most of my writing was deemed too smart uh, and needed to be dumbed down. Which later I realized that was like, oh, I'm I'm giving too much credence to a, a white too wide of a perspective of, of political views, and I needed to actually toe the line. Um, so it's one of those things where between that kind of not wanting to compromise that and not wanting to climb that mountain again on the writing side after the writer's strike, I segued into uh, documentary filmmaking. And I actually 
uh, took a fellowship with uh, the Reason Foundation um, and started producing with them. They were the only ones at the time. It was the early days when the 5D Mark III, an early camera that had high definition, became available. And suddenly all these institutions were able to make pretty decent films. And so I took a pay cut and started working with them. And I liked working with basically caucusing with the libertarian side of things to uh, they were the only ones interested in making documentaries about freedom of expression. And ultimately, I consider myself a, a radical free expressionist. Um, I think uh, self-expression is the transcendent force that drives all humanity. And I, I feel that that was a, a, a good thing to act. There were uh, sort of post 9-11, there was a lot of um, question about photographers' rights and artists' rights and writer and, and the ability to speak freely. So I did a whole lot of documentaries for, for um on that topic. And then I struck out on my own, uh, started my own company called Smock Media, uh, Smock being the garment that protects artists. I like the idea that I protect artists when they're working and um, um, and been making films under that banner for about, oh, at least, at least more than 10 years now. And, um, and for that, I actually got into making films for a series of films called Witness Project. Um, I got a phone call from a group uh, with the catchy name of the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation saying that they had these series of stories about dissidents that nobody was watching, nobody cared about. We, we don't know what to do about how to get these things um, to be interesting to people. And I thought, oh, I, that'll be an interesting challenge. But of course, because of course, if you take any sort of stance on communism in Hollywood, you become persona non grata. So I thought, all right, let's let's do that. And so I I uh, have done uh, nine of those um, and really spent the better part of a decade working with dissidents who survived the Soviet Union and current collectivist regimes that were oppressive towards towards the dissident. And, and as I came to discover, the dissident is the, the thing that collectivist regimes fear most, the ability of an individual to 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 think of something, to, to, to have a moment of realization, to have an idea and then the ability to express that, not to think it and to express that uh, can completely uh, change the direction of a, uh, of a tyrannical authoritarian regime in a way they don't like. And so if you look at most of the internal propaganda of, say, like a North Korea type regime, it's all designed to catch you in that moment. Like, like remember, kids, even if your parents doubt the your leader, let us know. Um, so it was a it was a real eye opener. I, I didn't I mean, I was raised in the during um, the early days of the Soviet, the, the, the late days of the Soviet Union. And, uh, and so I didn't, but I didn't really know what communism was per se, um, certainly not as an authoritarian tyrannical regimes that they always turn into. And so I, I it, was a, it was an education. I started to look for what, celebrating dissidents and seeing that dissidents and freedom of expression were close related. I myself am some not, now a de facto dissident because I support dissidents. I speak freely. I speak openly. I question things. And that just sort of drives my filmmaking as a storyteller, as an artist and, and um, as an all around curious human. And, uh, and then that was my mindset when the pandemic, uh, when COVID-19 started coming down the pipeline. The all right. So let's set that up a little bit. Sure. I mean, it sounds like you're super well positioned then at that point in your life exactly to look at the crazy stuff that happened with the COVID pandemic. And you're here today to talk about the result, which is, if I understand correctly, five one-hour episodes of a docu-series. I think the pilot episode you call Follow the Science, Lockdowns Go Viral. And I, if this works, I want to play the trailer. People will be able to hear it. And if I... <laughs> do it accurately, ultimately see it. 
when I post this on Rumble, but Great. it's only about two minutes long. So let's play that real quick. We should take a closer look at these lockdown policies. What does a lockdown actually mean? It is not the goal to avoid exposure to the virus. It's March 2020. Social distancing has become a new part of our language. It was, we have to flatten the curve. We could spread it out more over time so that hospitals would not be overwhelmed. How's that curve coming along? And they're like, no new cases. That's the new metric. And we're all afraid to say anything, because if we say anything, then that means we want to kill people. Lockdowns will continue. Never in the history of the West have healthy people been kept from assembly and economic activity. We're not going to be able to keep everybody locked in a bunker. You have a stake in this. Destruction of livelihoods, suspension of medical care for other conditions. Impact on children, pulling them out of school for more than a year. Some places you weren't allowed to go outside. We saw the highest rise in teen suicide in the history of the United States. You know, the more I think about it, the collateral damage was almost worse than the pandemic. Science is not a building or an institution. Science is a process. Follow the science became a facade, hiding, follow the dogma. If we don't get away from the censorship of ideas that you don't agree with, science is going to die. Join us as we lock down the science on lockdowns. Honey, don't you have homework? I went viral! So that's pretty compelling. I mean... I look at the material that you must have had to work with and try to condense into a, I guess you didn't start out thinking it was going to be five parts, but you had so much material to look at. Can you just describe a little bit about your approach, how you decided you were going to tackle such a massive subject and such a controversial one? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you the personal side for a, a moment more and then we'll go into it. I mean, my, my initial reproach, I mean, I lived in California for 20 years, 20 plus years. And when this, when I saw what was happening with this global pandemic, I mean, there was a moment of like, huh, this is, this is interesting. There's some fear and some panic that's settling in and it's going to have to be something we dealt with. But when I saw the sort of government response that lockdowns in the form of flattening the curve were coming our way, I knew that that was <clears throat> that was not a short-term thing. I knew that that was the beginning of a major realignment of uh, government overreach into the lives of everyday Americans, let alone the de denizens of this planet in their respective countries. And um, I just was deeply concerned, and I felt that it was uh, it was it was going to happen. And so I actually decided to. I'd always felt that I probably wasn't meant for the long term in California, and it always kind of maintains sort of a 30-day bug-out type of ability. Um, I, I did stay for most of 2020. I have family, um, some nephews and whatnot in California. So I wrote out the initial days of the pandemic with them. 
but uh, the moment I actually uh, 2021 before the January before the lockdowns even officially ended, I I bought a travel trailer and headed east um, and uh, tro- drove all over the country and uh, did my best to keep freedom of movement alive. I got a call from a, a friend of mine, a coworker, colleague, um, and a couple of them actually, and we had a conference call. And we were all critical thinkers. We were all artists. We were all filmmakers. We were all activists in the um, freedom uh, filmmaking movement. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm a big defender of freedom of expression. And we decided we needed to do something. We needed to, we, we, we were storytellers and we felt we needed to tell a story that <clears throat> reflected the way we felt about it. We, we felt that there was clearly a difference of opinion. There were people who thought differently, people who saw things, uh, saw through the veil of this sort of mainstream narrative and, and and had questions about what was happening. I mean, I would just call it simple curiosity. We were curious as to why things weren't adding up. We were curious why, why there were, you know, limited debates and limited conversations as to the best practices, why things, why flatten the curve occurred. And then there was an instant mission drift. And then it was, it turned into zero tolerance for the, for the, for the virus and, and, and the lockdowns continue. And it just kind of kept going and kept going. Why things were mentioned, you know, sort of the flavor of the week. I mean, at one point, ven- uh, ventilators were the most important thing on the planet for about a month and a half. And then poof, never to be discussed again. And you and and how dare anyone go back and look? Why are we talking about those? Just there was this constant sort of role, and so we decided to initially make a documentary film, just a single feature film. We thought, well, this is what we do. We can we can make this happen, and um, and we sat down. And we started sort of uh, dissecting it and writing up a script, a sort of a, a, a an outline script as to what it would be. And and we of course realized that like my goodness, this is such a huge project. It immediately inflated into a, a docu series, and and we decided to create a pilot, um, and initial an initial pilot to sort of be the the feeder into a five episode series. And the pilot itself really f- centers on basically January. 20 to about October 2020 that that first onset of the virus sort of the in terms of the, the the filmmaker parlance the ordinary world where were we all when this happened what was our initial reactions to the the, the call to adventure of dealing with this virus the rejection of the call I mean we, we we wanted to sort of look at what was the retrospective experience of the of for for basically everybody because the thing about this was everybody you had ever met and everywhere you had ever been, also had to deal with the COVID-19 virus response in the form of lockdowns. I mean, there was a pandemic and there was there was some sort of, um, there was a knowledge of the COVID-19 virus as something to be deal, dealt with, but it was the government response put everyone on the planet into a uh, reactionary mode to deal with the new reality as dictated to them. And we just felt that that needed to be uh, captured and understood. So, so what we've done is we've we've uh, and 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 yet we were all very concerned about our well-being and our ability to earn a living in the mainstream. Um, every, a lot of my coworkers and uh, colleagues and and co-producers they work in the mainstream uh, Hollywood film business and were worried about losing the ability to work. So we actually formed a um, an anonymous group called the Sound Mind Creative Group. 
Um, I, I actually worked anonymously at the time. I've since gone public uh, just so I can better lead this project. But we were generally concerned about our, our ability to do anything without being shouted down by sort of the, the sort of typical tyrannical uh, culture that seems to have come to become predominant these days. And um, and so we set about fundraising and we 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 had a lot of support from a podcaster in Florida named Tom Woods. Um, very fortunately, and we kind of we coalesced all of our efforts, uh, all of our contacts in um, in the freedom movement and beyond, and were able to raise uh, three hundred thousand dollars initially to to get this project off the ground, and we wanted to make something, um, you know, not just an, a one-off documentary. We wanted to, to to create a pilot that leads to a greater series. So we we've produced the pilot. That's what's coming out soon. We have our sneak peek um, preview coming up on February eighth. Um, and raising funds to finish it. But the the main thing to know there is that we wanted to make something entertaining. We wanted to make something that was like broadly, uh, broad political, uh, had a sort of a broad political stance. We have people who were right-leaning. We have people who are left-leaning. We didn't want to sort of just make it about one pol political stance and their viewpoint on it. We wanted to show that there was a universal experience and have it be an entertaining aspect so that, you know, your everyday kid, you know, like I, I have six nephews, uh, and I wanted them to be able to watch it. That we have cartoons, we have we have all kinds of characters, we have actors, we have cutscenes, we have we have uh, main we have uh, science pundits, narrative uh, pundits uh, who speak to the narrative, who speak to the human interest, and we wanted to have sort of this reflection of the American experience of what it was to go through the lockdowns. Um, and then anchoring that, anchoring the science of that, we have a scientist named Jay, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford, um, who, who is a well-known um, epidemiologist and, 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 and economist who has become prominent in the world of Twitter. Um, and I believe Elon Musk has been very supportive of him. He, he and a few other scientists uh, um, coin, uh, authored a paper the Great Barrington Declaration, which was a very reasonable presentation by some, the, the, the scientific realm saying, hey, these lockdowns seem to be not fully following the science as, uh, as offered by the politicians, and perhaps we should reconsider our policies. And that, that led to a whole litany of, of, of pushback uh, um, from, the, from the policymakers, the, the public health policymakers that seemed to be, seemed to reveal of the entire issue but you know I kind of there's a lot a lot I've just said but it's it's a it's a piece that we want to appeal to the left of center group uh, sort of shall we say like the traditional liberals um we feel that there's a sort of a a, a, a for want of a better term a harder left uh, group that has um presented ideas within this um this this pandemic that um has left a lot of people uncertain what to say because we think human curiosity is has been is is getting crushed i mean i've I, we've we fought for freedom we we fought for for the ability to uh, pursue truth but we felt that just the simple idea of curiosity is is something that needs to be championed and heralded and presented in an entertaining way so that we can bring in people who have that inner doubt about what's going on, but but can't find their own words, can't quite nail what it is that they've experienced that doesn't quite to sit right with them. And we feel that by this show leads them into that conversation. I know a lot of people are going to watch it. I believe you said the pilot's coming out in February. Can you 
go over that. And then I have, if we have time, one big question to ask you to end the podcast. But okay. first, how can people find this? Sure. You can find out more about the project at followthescienceseries.com, where we are about to have a sneak peek preview of the pilot episode that's happening on February 8th. It's a screening for our donors um, and, and test audience who giving people the opportunity to give some feedback on the project. Uh, we're really excited about that. You can find out about how to sign up for that at followthescienceseries.com. And our, our main uh, premiere is in, in February 22nd, and that's gonna be in Orlando, Florida being hosted by Tom Woods. So we're, we're excited that it's coming out and we're actually excited that we're having this initial screening so that those who have supported us, we have had over a thousand donors and 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 are asking people, you know, people who want to, people, anyone who wants to make a small donation can be in on the screening and give some feedback. And we're, we're really wanting, we're, we're wanting to see if it resonates. We wanted, as you know, a lot of people have a hard time discussing this or, or having a reasonable conversation. We have so many different voices in this. We feel that it will bring about the conversation that, never happened and we're hoping to see what aspects of it that people resonate with we have a lot of very interesting characters in the form of dr jay Bhattacharya, as i mentioned dr david katz who's um uh, um heralded from yale back in the day and is now a syndicated columnist and sometimes appears in the new york times and uh, naomi wolf um, and then some prominent podcasters like Zuby and and Dave Smith and whatnot. So we're we're excited to have this really amazing cast. And, and Naomi Wolf. If I may, I, I can't yeah. wait to I can't wait to see it. I think that my biggest outstanding question, and I don't know if you will answer this directly in the documentary or leave people to kind of decide for themselves. But in the final couple of minutes we have, did you come to a conclusion as to? answering your curiosity who is behind if there is a who who is behind the coordination of these things that didn't make sense talk whether it's talking about ventilators and never talking about them again the lockdown not making sense the inability to say contrary things without being attacked what did you conclude if with all the research that you did and is that addressed directly or will that be addressed in your series well, we this the pilot itself, we wanted to establish that there is a rabbit hole and that we we kind of lead everyone up to that rabbit hole and to and look into it and that you know there's we we we're gonna need everyone's ability to analyze what happened to understand what happened. We don't want to lead people uh, too far um, without them they themselves choosing to go into it. Now, to answer your question about who's responsible for all this, I mean it's it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I can go back to like, I've been studying authoritarian regimes and tyrants for quite some time. And it does seem as if within the realm of, of leadership, within the realm of every human network, um, there seems to be a, a loose affiliation of opportunistic, narcissistic, sort of power hungry predators who somehow coordinate to seek out power. Now that's true of every human network, uh, be it a, a, a bureaucracy, uh, uh, an incorporate entity, or a government um, institution, and that just seems to be part of the human condition. I mean, you can kind of feel it within the there, there's the great human, the swinging pendulum of the of the human of humanity, and you can sort of feel that their effect on it. I feel that trying to name it as any one thing, I think it's difficult, and, and I and I think that. The Soviet Union got very good at back in the day 
making use, exploiting collectives for their own political power to, to, to centralize power. I think there's there's other aspects of, you know, not limited to the political ideology, but I think there is a there is some sort of international um, like sort of mobster affiliation of this type of individual that I think I think is consulting with the leaders as to how to maintain power. I, there's there's something there's something nefarious going on. Our project, I mean, that's that's what I've discovered, and tracking that is what I do professionally. That's what I do as a storyteller, and I want people to be. It's almost like you just have. It's like the good old fashioned like a BS detector. You just have to have a good old fashioned BS detector, and it seems as if no one got that memo in the last twenty years. And so we just are trying to like we we want to lead people to ask questions. Curiosity is the fundamental core of of the ability to doubt, to ask questions, and that's the core of science. Science is the ability to to pursue truth and 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 be on the journey of 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 pursuing truth and i i feel that there's a strata of people that that do not want the ability humans to have the ability to express themselves and to live freely and you know trying to name it as you requested or as you asked i mean that's that's a difficult thing i don't think there's ever going to be quite that satisfying answer i just feel that there's a overall culture that's taken hold that has kind of brought that has captured the zeitgeist and it's our job to try and sort of break humanity off of that pendulum swing towards something more open and free for everybody um the series itself the pilot itself um which you know i hope people will take a look at the preview on february 8th uh, at follow the that will show what a lot of what, when you bring in a lot of reasonable people to have a reasonable conversation about what occurred and and try and get outside of all the fluff of the narrative and all the the attempts at controlling the narrative. I think we you, they'll they'll really be curious to see what happens, and I think they understand that there's a much larger culture of openness and freedom that are ready to step up, and that there's really almost a, an, an awakening of individuals all around the world. The absurdity of these bureaucrats of of every stripe saying things that make no sense whatsoever, turning on a dime making no sense whatsoever is just causing a lot of people to just go huh and 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 are awakening a type of critical thinking that is in, enormous I I, I I my hope is that we're actually at the dawn of a new era of of strong individuality collaboration and a, an era of peace and prosperity that once we learn how to shed ourselves of these mobsters and the thugs that seem to have taken over the discourse I mean that's my my best attempt to explain to explain how I see it I guess In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAckison.com and click the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of cool products. A lot of them make great gifts that feature catchphrases like, I tested positive for critical thinking and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Cheryl Ackeson Ion Awards for off-narrative, accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckeson.com and click the store tab. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if so, you'll leave a great review, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends. 
Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And now you can support independent journalism by visiting CherylAckeson.com and clicking the store tab. There are some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.